0: Hello and welcome to the Every Nation Twane Moycliffe podcast. We trust that you'll enjoy today's message with us. The very first week I spoke on God is holy and the whole concept of holiness, who God is. You know, we can many times make it the way we speak, the way we walk, and the way we talk, but it's actually much more than that. And you expose holiness is in a context of the value and the worthiness of God that is worthy. If you've lost something that is really valuable, like your diamond ring, I mean, you, you lost it. You're gonna search for it and you actually have an emotional experience while you're doing that because you're, kind of, you're so sorry you lost this thing as valuable. It's not just the money, it's the you know, sentiment around it and everything else around it and you want to find this diamond ring. So, Christian, continue next week to help us understand what was lost. In the midst of it, you see, many Christians live as if, like, nothing happened. But when you realize who God is, and then you realize you lost Him, you're going to search for Him. You will give up your work. You'll give up your positions. You'll give up your finances. You'll give up your resources. You'll do whatever. If you really see His value, you will give up anything else. Why? Because there's no value to compare with God. The moment you and I make God less valuable, the things of the world increase and become so valuable. That's why we have to position ourselves and we label ourselves and we drive ourselves into things and we buy ourselves into things and we do all kinds of things. And we go into this rat race because we don't understand the holiness of God. The holiness of God sets us free from the rat race of life, it helps us to make better decisions. What was lost? Jesus was lost. Not your diamond ring and not your wife and not your child. Jesus was lost. And then the next week we spoke about holiness revealed. And I focused on helping us to understand. And if you really think that you're sinful. I do too. Minds up. Do you know that even a conviction you have of how sinful you are? It's much worse than that. That's just the truth. You think you're A little bit unholy, but you still you know your sinfulness, it's way worse than what you can ever think. But here's the good news we think God is gracious, and He's holy, it's way more than what you think. He's more gracious than what you can imagine. You see, it's two opposites we're more sinful than what we think, and God is more gracious than what we think. That is holiness revealed. And the solution to combine these two worlds is not condemnation, it's not guilt, it's not kind of, okay, let me just die like virampi, okay? Put my head in the sand like ostrich. No, 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 there is a solution. The solution is Christ. And I have the awesome privilege to speak about him this morning. So we're gonna dive into this. Jesus displays perfect holiness as a man and bore our sin So that we could share in His holiness. Jesus had to become a man, showed perfect holiness, living in a sinful world, but never sinned. So that through Him dying for our sins, we can become like Him, holy. Let's turn to our Bibles in Hebrews 7. I'm gonna read from verse 23. Hebrews 7, verse 23, if you wanna follow me in your Bibles. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office. But he holds, Jesus, his priesthood forever because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who are drawn near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Verse 26, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily for his own sins, and then for the people, those of the people, since he did not He did do this once and for all when he offered up himself. For the law points men in their weakness as a high priest, but the word of oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. What is Hebrew writer saying to us here? See, the Hebrew author, just to give you a quick background, wrote in the first century to Jewish audience, Jewish Christians, who were tempted to give up. Why? Because of severe persecution, severe rejection, you know, that they faced in that season of their lives. Some were tempted to stop coming together on Sundays. How many Christians today are, st- are tempted to stop? Severe, you know, COVID. Severe, this. They want to either give up their faith completely, or they give up gathering with the saints. They don't believe in community anymore. This is exactly what Hebrews was written about. You see, so they were tempted to stop gathering for corporate worship, perhaps to protect themselves from the social consequences, and today is to increase their own social comfort of following Jesus. Others were tempted to abandon their Christian confession and to return to the previous rituals and practices of Judaism. Even today you find people moving to Judaism and to make more of something that it is. In some cases, some of them became pagans again. Again. That's what happened in the context of the whole book of Hebrews. When you read the book of Hebrews, it was written to Jews, and they were under severe persecution. The whole book of Hebrews, the context of it, to understand it, it's these people going through trials and tribulations and struggles, and they have this temptation, this this test. Am I going to give up my faith? Why am I going to give up meeting together with other people? Because it's so tough. We face that when we go through tough things. And this book was written to encourage this group of believers or these Jewish believers who are rest as disciples, the author of Hebrews calls them to focus and gives them an answer in the midst of their trials, their tribulations, their challenges, and they want to give up. He says, before we speak about anything else, let me put your eyes on Jesus, the hope of beyond death. Therefore, the richness of this letter, the author develops too. Interrelated themes. There's two themes going through this book. It helps us to see Jesus more clearly. How? The word of God, the revelation of the word of God, and the work of Jesus, the redemption of God. So throughout the book of Hebrews, you'll find a revelation of God that translates into the work of Christ, the redemption of God. How God's revelation redeems His people. Now the amazing thing about I was sitting this morning, I wish we could just take two, two weeks and just theologically logically go through the Bible and you start to realize from the book of Genesis right through to the book of Revelation, there's one theme right through. There is a loving God who wants to redeem His people and there's a rebellious people who keep on running away from the God who wants to redeem them. That's the whole Bible in the summary. It's always God coming to Adam, Eve, Adam, Adam, Eve, where are you? When people sin, God returns. When people sin, God returns. There's not one place where you find man, go see God. It's a loving God seeking us, running to us, coming to us. Beautiful God. And see, that gives us hope. So when you go further in this book, the revelation and the redemption, we recognize that this primary, the primary listens, listeners were Jewish believers And he then connects these Jewish believers, because remember now, they're Jewish believers, so they have a a history, a rich history. They look at Egypt and what happened. So the book of, the writer of Hebrews connects them now with the Old Testament themes. So he goes back and we spoke over the course of the previous three weeks. We use, you know, scriptures out of Leviticus and other places in the Old Testament. Now we're going to jump to Hebrews and you'll find that the Bible is not disconnected. It's not an Old and a New Testament. It's one book and they speak together. And you're going to see how they beautifully come together. In the first 10 chapters of Hebrews, if you read from chapter 1 to 10, you find a better covenant than the old covenant that was introduced. And then it goes on. You know, chapter one, verse two, you find the ultimate revelation of who God is. Verse three, he's a redeeming God to his people. And then three, last three chapters, you find how he explains these truths about Jesus that's now revealed to people. That gives us confidence, gives you the ability to persevere, and it increased holiness. That's the summary of the book of Hebrews. Now let's dive into it. Talking about chapter seven, which focus on this better covenant, right at the center of it. You see, from the space we spoke about, priests, and these priests, all of them, he says they were many. Why? Because when you look inside here, you see an expiry date. All of you have an expiry date. Humans die, and when the priests die, they had to appoint a new priest. And when he died, had to appoint a new priest. And every single time, new priests, new stories, new things, you know. And, and, and so here you find the book is revealing to them throughout the ages, human high priests were so limited. They were so human. They were so like you and me. So we find in this whole passage two things. It exposes two problems, and amazing, it gives us two promises. So let's look at the two problems. The very first problem is the problem of human priests. In this passage that we just read, Hebrews is actually exposing and highlighting two weaknesses. The sacrificial system that the Jews believed in and then also the priests themselves were sinners. Let's look at the first, 23. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death for continuing in the office. Man, th- th- I know you love that leader. I know you love this priest, you know, this pastor or this guy. I mean, and it's this great relationship and yes, it's awesome and you get close to this man. But the closer you get, you realize he's just human. And when we start to worship him and uplift him and we tell everybody about this incredible leader and how amazing it is, And when we get close to him, would you realize he's just human? You see, this is the same in the Old Testament. These guys were getting closer to the priest and it's great. and, And listen, in those days, if you take the priest off, he's most probably not gonna ask forgiveness for your sins. And you can't go into the Holy of Holies, you'll die. See, we think in the Western world, community is optional. But in the biblical terms, it's fundamental. Without community, you're done. There is no social media that saves you. There is no opinion that saves you. If you're not in community, you're done. It's never changed. We just play with the grace season, but the biblical truth has never changed. We make the grace cheap because we're not applying the original intent. These priests were called by God to do things, but they were limited. Verse 27, those high priests offered sacrifices every day. Man, I'm just imagining my job description is to every day find some lamb, slaughter them, and say, Lord, forgive. Oh, man, I'm thinking about Dieter today, Lord God. And then next month, Lord, it's Yaku, Lord God. And then the next moment, oh, Lord, I mean, I can't even remember that guy with the gray hair. What's his name again? I need to ask forgiveness for him also. You know, it's like, I can't imagine what happened here every single day. And you know it's not just Lord Dippison and Jacuson and you know Peterson and Anson and Jonason. It's also oh Lord my sin. Let me just park a little bit before I get about all this sin, Lord. I, oh man, this was tough, Lord. When it happened and drove my car, saw that and oh this thought and that thing and this thing and oh Lord, I'm just so sinful. Would you please cleanse me before I can even speak to you and or speak to you on behalf of the people? This is the context. Yeah. Has it changed? No, you and I still have to repent of sin and I still have to cleanse myself. I still have to, every single time I get to the altar, I stand here and say, Lord, make me sh- make you sure that there's nothing that is gonna defile the message this morning. But something has changed. You see, the priests were very limited because they're human beings and they die. They're impermanent. They're not permanent at all. Through the Old Testament, great spiritual leaders arose. Moses Mosey, Mosey, man, Moses was an incredible leader, and he died. Abram was an incredible leader. We look back, man, ladies, do you want to give birth once you're 80 and beyond? No, sir, you don't. She did, he did, I'm an incredible leader. And he died, and he messed up, and Moses messed up. David, what a man after God's own heart. I would love to die one day. And God says, man, that was a man after my own heart. And you know that no human being, even David included, that God said a man after my own heart was sinless. In fact, David broke all 10 commandments himself. He lied. No man breaks any commandment unless you break the first commandment first. You shall love the Lord your God. You break all other commandments first because you don't love God. Then you break the rest. David, huh, who's this? Okay, let me kill your husband. Murder, lie. Tra- I mean, you can go. To all ten, David broke all ten commands, and he was a man after God's own heart. How is this even conceived? See, we don't even know. We don't. We can't even think of how good God's grace is. It's way beyond our thinking. See, the human priest was very. They were very limited. No matter how outstanding these leaders were and how incredible these leaders are and we live in a society where people follow people and we have something which I believe is so, so dangerous. Let me choose my words carefully here. Celebrity pastors and celebrity worship leaders. Wow, I just don't see that in the Bible. Are we not busy with making more of earthly priests because we don't see the holiness of God? Priests are there not to replace Jesus. They're there to represent Jesus. We cannot replace Jesus. We have earthly feet. We have feet of clay. We're human beings. We wake up, we get tired, we fast, and then we want to stop fasting, and we eat a rusk in between because we get hungry. <laughs> and you did the same. <laughs> I Okay. I'm a terrible pastor. All right. And Jesus knows that. So, they were temporary. No matter how outstanding, they were sinful. I'm sinful. Sorry to let you know. I'm not trying to sin on a daily basis. I have a deep passion to be holy. But every single morning when I wake up, I realize I need Jesus. Every moment I face things, I realize, Lord, oh man, I just so need you still. And for those who did idolize me, which I know, you get close to me, you get very quickly to realize you can't idolize me because I'm just another guy. I'm a farm boy from the farm. But I hope you don't. I hope you know, nobody in our Every Nation Movement idolize anybody because we don't believe in that. We do believe in leadership. We do believe we have a calling. But it's positioned biblically. The second thing is, these priests are fallen. Every one of them, great leaders. I mean, Moses, every Moses on the mountain, guess what? They have another priest, Aaron, down in the valley. Samuel, serving God, from his childhood, Eli's sons prayed on the woman at the altar. David, man of the God's own heart, had Ahab leading the people away from God. None of these eyes were perfect. Even the great priests and spiritual leaders were sinful. Samuel, Moses, David, all had deeply flawed spiritual stuff in their soul. And yet God was gracious. How can we imagine that? The summary of this problem with the priests. They all died and they all sinned. Is that clear? Give me a name. Call them. Give me the best, amazing leader. Give me the guy that you say, well, that guy, not this guy. Tell me who you follow on social media. Tell me who you sit in your home and your watch Facebook and YouTube and whatever. Give me their name. They're all gonna die and they all sin. They're not Jesus. Stop worshiping them. Respect them, honor them, pray for them, but do not worship them. Don't make more of them and what they are, priests all die and priests all sin. We have a second problem. The second problem is called man. It's a problem with the lambs. Now I want you, this is a quick one. I can help you with this one because you're going to see it very quickly. In their system, in the Jewish system, when somebody sins, they had to offer an innocent lamb. And just imagine how that will work with the greenies today the amount of lambs slaughtered by the church. Just imagine, I mean, just imagine all your holy people, how many animals are you going to kill just to get yourself right before God? You're going to have to own a farm, my friend. You're going to have to have some brother with some farm and they need to just provide animals. And listen, it's not to go to the steakhouse. It's slaughter and burn because it's for your sin. You can't eat it. Imagine that ritual continued today. There's a major problem slaughtering lambs here. Can't continue with that. It's an unsustainable system, and it does not produce lasting freedom. So that's with lambs. Why do you keep on sacrificing so many other things but come to Jesus? Why do you replace Jesus with your own Western world or new age or new time, new modern time sacrifices? What is it that you've replaced the lamb with, but it's not Jesus? And you think, if I sacrifice this, and I sacrifice this, and I do this, this will make me more holy. Or oh, I am keep on doing this, I am keep on doing that. If I do that, man, if I just achieve that position, and that income, and drive that car, and live in this area, and I have those friends, and I can write this, and I have so many followers, and I have so many ideas. If I can just get there, and to become this famous person, I'm mean, or this You know, celebrity, yeah, or that, or this. I mean, and it's not just celebrity, it could be business. I need to be the CEO. I need to have that kind of income. I need to live here. I need to buy that. The only way you get there is through a lot of sacrifice. Is it worth it? Is it worth the sacrifice? You see, that's the problem with lambs. We all are like sheep. Going astray, and instead of embracing the wonder of sacrifice, we keep on sacrificing ourselves again, lambs. There's no more priest needed that is replacing Jesus, and there's no more lambs needed to be sacrificed. No more sacrifice. Serving Jesus is an honour; it's not a sacrifice. See our human fallenness. Sure. Will have an un un, you'll have a you'll have to have an archive of animals to keep on killing. Why? Because people keep on sinning. So what's the problem with the lamb? Innocent lambs have to die, and they will have to continue to die because people keep on sinning. It's not a solution. So what is the answer to this? Two problems. Can you see the big problems? The priest and the lamb. What are the answers? Here's the answer. The very first answer is the promise of Jesus. The promise of Jesus. See, we can easily use Jesus' name and say, I'm a Christian, but we really don't realize what is this The whole big problem I just painted for you now. I'm giving you the answer. The Hebrew writer speaks, speaks about it, says, Let's fix our eyes on a better covenant a better relationship. You see, he is the better priest. Jesus' priesthood is the ultimate fulfillment of the whole Old Testament priesthood, replacing all temporary priests in one one moment and have no future need for any priest See, we're looking at, can we just have, and I pray, may our nation change, but there will not be a high priest apart from Jesus that leads a nation. And because of that, we worship the government. And because of that, the government saves now the nation. We will, till the day we die, we'll have ungodly governments till Jesus comes. And in the way, the time we live, before Jesus comes, we'll have people who get saved, who live in government, and God will use them mightily. You'll have both all the time. Because God is not into the political systems and to the earthly systems as we think. He's coming to establish his kingdom where he already reigns. He does not need to reign. And in this kingdom of God, he calls us aliens from this world, not from this world. We're not in the systems of this world. We're not part of this world. We are aliens from heaven representing another king. We are set apart from the worldly systems when you're born again. And we have Jesus as our high priest and our king forever. We already have a good governance but he is different from every other priest because he lived a perfect holy life and he lives forever. This is good news because in Jesus, humanity has finally found a truly permanent holy priest who cannot and won't sin ever. Friends, if I had to announce to you today that Jesus sinned, Nothing on earth will ever give you hope again, ever. It's not just that Jesus loves us that gives us hope. It's that Jesus deals with sin that gives us hope. That Jesus is holy and cannot sin and cannot tolerate sin. And that does he condemn us? No, he does not condemn us. Because we all said we're sinners. He does not condemn us. You see what he does is he positions himself, says come to me, I am the one. Not your own works, not your own efforts, not the joining church, not joining a community group, not reading your Bible. All that is an outflow of something. We're not saved by works. We're saved by Christ and out of Christ we now start to do works. There's something about our faith in Christ that starts to work in us, the holiness of God. Verse 24, he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Verse 26, 27, for he was indeed fitting. It was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from the sinners and exalted above the heavens. He has no need. He does not have to sacrifice for his sin because he has no sin. There is no sacrifice needed apart from what? He himself become the sacrifice. So there's no need for him to daily sacrifice anything. Because he's the perfect sacrifice. You find from this Jesus is the answer. He's the perfect and permanent sacrifice. Perfect high priest once and for all. Offered himself up once and for all. Means past those who died, look towards the cross that will come. People ask, how did people in the Old Testament get saved? They looked from day one, Genesis one, they sinned, first introduction of sin. What was immediately introduced? The seed of the woman will crush your head, Jesus. The gospel was preached already in Genesis two. It's not a new thing. So all the Old Testament, you find a shadow image of what is to come, a Messiah that will come, a Redeemer that will come. They had kind of a glimpse, not a perfect picture of Him, but there was like this shadow picture of this Savior that will come. we born of this woman, born of David, and it's future-looking. And it was not just one generation or one tribe. From day one, God had all tribes in mind. And then you find when Jesus came, the Messiah arrived. What a great news. We've looked forward to him all our lives. And then Jesus died on the cross and oh, we lost him. No, it was prophesied that he will die and he will crush the serpent's head. And when he rose from the dead, friends, something happened. That moment he was raised from the dead, you and I had the privilege and been set free from things of the past. We are not having a dead religion here. Now we look back at the cross. Because we're on the other side. And we look at the cross. We look at Jesus saving us. And these guys look at the cross from this side. And and they say, one day there will come as Messiah. And their faith was in a Jesus who will come. And today we go on the other side. And we look from this side. And we say, we have a Jesus who did die for us. Everybody gets saved by faith. None were saved by works. Does it make sense? Even the laws God showed them did not save them. The law was not given to save us. Let me tell you what the law do, does. When you take your Bible, I don't have a physical Bible. Give me a physical Bible. There. Don't like the self and Bible. When you open up this mirror, you know what a mirror does? It opens you up. Hmm. That's why many people, hey, let me close that. <laughs> no, that's not me. That's not me. You see, the mirror shows you who you really are. And it also shows you who you really can be. And it shows you how you get there. You see, when you read the law, can't do this, don't do that, it's good for you to read. Why? Because the law doesn't save you. The law measures you. And it shows you, you are so wicked. Does that little hit that pride a little bit? Oh, Phil, you are so wicked. Yes, Lord. I am. But, Lord, you chose to send your son to deal with my wickedness I don't have to deal with it I don't have to go and sacrifice friends many of you have been saved for a long time but you struggle with something in your soul I'm not just preaching another message this morning I'm praying that this morning something in your heart will unlock that you realize it's not by your effort you get free it's by what Jesus did and continuing it's still what Jesus is doing in our hearts every one of you look at my eyes Every one of you. Mommy's with babies. I know you're busy and you get tired because, man, baby takes a lot of time. Let me tell you this, every one of you, no matter your culture, your age, you're worthy. And Jesus wants you to become victorious. And you can live holy. Because of Jesus. No matter what happened in your past, no matter all the pains and all the confusion and all the stuff you've experienced in church, we're not talking about church here. We're talking about the king of the church, Jesus. And if he's your savior, you have to walk out here today with so much hope. He is the perfect and permanent answer. Verse 27, he has no need like those high priests because he's not like them. To sacrifice anything further, He did it once and for all. Settled. You know, if your bill is paid, your bill is paid. Don't go and pay more. If you owe a million rand and somebody paid on your behalf the million rand, you didn't pay it, is it paid? Yes. Why do you want to go to municipality and pay another 500,000 in? Why do you want? Is it out of pride you want to add to the bill? To just say, I also paid something? You see, God's death and His resurrection— Humiliates human beings because it kills pride. It says you can add nothing to the bill I paid for it, and you need to embrace it. The price was paid in full. How do you feel? You should sing hallelujah. How I'm free. Summary of Jesus perfect sacrifice and final sacrifice is the perfect and per- permanent solution. The priest forever. And my last point. This promise is for every believer, every disciple of Jesus. This is the good news that actually is being shared by this Hebrews writer. It's right in the middle of it all. Verse 25. He is able to save to the uttermost. Save means absolutely, completely, without exception. Christ will save in the most comprehensive sense that you can think and beyond. Not save a little bit. Save comprehensive. That's what it means. He saves us from all we need saving from. What do you need saving from? He saves you from that and more, not less. Wow. He saves us when we get born again, and after we get born again, He keeps on saving us because we need so much saving. And He continues to save us because that's who He is. He's a Savior. Christ's salvation is the complete deliverance no matter your need. The word able means power. It's the capacity, the ability, the sovereign ability to do way far more than what you can expect and even ask. He does more than that. You've asked for that, he does that. You ask for this, he does that. That's what it means. He saves completely and you ask for this, he does that. How does he do it? He intercedes for us. Do you know he prays for you? Jesus is praying for you right now, Paul. Jesus is praying for each one of you. He's keep on interceding. He's standing at the Father. He is, this is just who he is. Sinful man does not determine that. Christ is the mediator of priest that empowers every one of us. And because he is the priest, what is the result? Because we put our faith in Christ, he is the beautiful result. And you know the scripture, 1 Peter 2 verse 9 and 10. We just read it through the week. But you are, because of Jesus, a chosen priest. Race, a royal priesthood. Hello, priests wow, a holy nation, a people for his own possessions that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. My friends, what happened here? The high priest, the only priest, the final priest, the priest forever that has sacrificed himself. There's no more sacrifice needed. He has called those who believe in him. We now become priests in God a royal priesthood that we can, all. Oh, first of all priests could enter into the holy of holies and speak to God, do you know you can go home today, go into your room and step into the holy of holies not because you're worthy, but because of Jesus' worth, he makes us worthy thank you Jesus you don't have to wait for some priest to enter into the high, most holy and the problem with that in the western world is because I can go directly to God I think now I can also start to live independent mm careful out of context, if you really want to serve Jesus, you'll stay in community because you serve Jesus, not yourself. He's a community God, God the Father, not God the Godfather. He works with family. The eye can't leave the body. When it does, you don't see anymore. And the eye rottens while the body can restore without an eye. There's something about this that you need to conclude in your heart is that God calls us that we can enter. And we, as a high priest, not only can we go into His Holy of Holies, but you can start to intercede for your neighbor as a high priest. You can intercede for your kids. You can start to speak for, on behalf of God, Lord. My colleagues, the boardroom is ungodly, Lord. I am here representing the High Priest of High Priest Jesus Christ, and in my priesthood, Lord, I'm going to start in the seat for my company. I'm going to start in the seat for my family. I'm going to start in the seat for my I'm going to start in the seat for widows. I'm going to start in the seat for this community. And Lord, thank you because we intercede, the there will no more be open seats because the kingdom of God will grow because we are representing God in an authentic way. I'll end with this. Athanasius, 4th century African theolo- theologian said it very powerful. The goal for our holiness is, is he became what we are so that he might make us what he is. Wow. He became what we are so to make us what he is. I don't have time to read this on Martin Luther. But Martin Luther spoke exactly into the thing that we became high priests. And that was the greater thing. We say, Abba, Father, we can represent him, we can present him, we can go into his presence, but we also can represent him on earth. So what is the promise, the second promise, beautiful promise, summary? We are utterly saved, completely saved when you put your faith in Jesus. And he also will completely restore us. Many of you have experienced already restoration since you gave your life to Jesus. That's the Yet. And there's the not yet, but there's a promise of complete restoration, which you will experience on this earth, but never to the complete till Jesus comes. Then you'll have full, complete restoration. It's a promise that cannot be broken. It will happen. When we're with him one day, we will be like him. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you. Why don't you take just a breather? I want you to contemplate what is the Spirit of God saying to you tonight, today. You're sitting here and maybe you thought your sinfulness is so worse God cannot reach into your life. And as a Christian, you almost feel condemned because it's like and God says today to you, stop it. The price was paid in full for you. It's not by your actions, it's by your belief that you get saved. Put your faith in Christ. Some of you have lost hope. Some of you maybe got hurt in church and you've lost hope in community. It's not a perfect community, but put your faith in Christ and therefore you believe in community again. What is the Spirit of God saying to you? I do want to make this clear as your eyes are closed. Some of you God will raise up as people of influence and that's okay. Okay. Don't get the message wrong. God raises people and puts them in places of of influence. May your influence be unto God's glory, not unto self-glory. Influence is good. God positions David as a king. He's a popular guy. But may our influence point people to Jesus. If it happens, bless God. Don't, Don't search for it. Don't look for it. Search for Jesus. Some of you are sitting here today and say, Phil, for the first time, maybe you get hope in your heart. Why? Why Jesus? Don't you want to just say to him, Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That you paid the ultimate price yourself. And you made the final permanent sacrifice. No more sacrifice. embracing you as the Lord who sacrificed for me. If you're sitting here this morning and you've battled with guilt feelings because you're not the good Christian. You're battled, You can't get it right. Don't you want to just give up? How do, you, how do you stop that thinking? Why don't you ask God forgiveness? Lord, forgive me that I've made it about myself. It's not about me. I'm no longer going to let the guilt trip me. I'm going to embrace what you did for me. Father, thank you that you release people from guilt and from shame. No shame, no guilt. They're called by Jesus. Bless your people today. If you're sitting here today and you're not sure you're born again, I want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. I want to pray with you. If you're not sure your life is right with God, here's a moment for you to make right with God. Anybody. Anybody. if you're born again and you're a child of God can I ask you that you commit and say Lord this year I want to put my eyes on Jesus keep my eyes on Jesus that's why we have daily devotion because we sit with Jesus at Jesus feet and would you be willing to say Lord this year I'm going to avail myself to you and to your kingdom in simple ways if you don't neglect the gathering of the saints up for trainings and things so you can learn how to hear God's voice or engage how do you reach lost people and and you, you make yourself available. So Lord, I want to build your kingdom and that the things I do in the world is subjected to me being the born again believer that you called me to be. Together as a family, let's trust God that our lives as priests of God will affect the sinful world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. That concludes today's message. For more information, visit our website at everynationtwane.org forward slash That's everynationtwane.org forward slash Also, be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Till next time then.